0: Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, (laughs) wonderful, beautiful, intelligent, (laughs) hardworking Disney ticket book loving wife and co-host, Michelle. Hi, everybody. Thank you, honey. What does that have to do with today's episode? Does anybody do? People even know what the tickets are anymore? I don't know. Well, they're gonna, they're gonna find they out are. today <laughs>
1: whether they want to or not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. We are actually recording this episode on Saturday, June twelfth, two thousand 2021. Why are we recording on a Saturday again? Yeah, you may I don't ask. know. I'm
1: getting so confused with when do we record <laughs> anymore. <laughs>
0: Well, we are actually recording two episodes this weekend. Is yes. it gonna be another double episode extravaganza? No. Sort of. but um, we're, we're not releasing them. We're not releasing them on the same week this time. Actually, we are traveling next weekend. So we are recording two episodes this weekend, one today, and then one with some very special guests yeah. that we were able to work out there within their schedule to record tomorrow when we would normally record our episodes. So we're recording the episode for next weekend tomorrow. Phew. I know. A lot of work this weekend, but it's yes. going to be all worth it. We're traveling. We're going to have a lot of fun and we're going to have a lot of fun with today's topic and tomorrow's topic with those special mm-hmm. guests. That's right. Looking yeah. forward to, well, both, but especially getting together to talk with some very great people right and we'll tell you who those special guests are at the end of the episode so you'll <laughs> want to stick around all the way through this thank you for joining us today in the future you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts however the very best place to find us is on our own website hyperionadventurespodcast.com and while you're there we'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter please sign up for the newsletter it's just another way to be involved in the hyperion adventures podcast world we get a lot of input from you mm-hmm. first Uh, Through that newsletter, we released our slideshow video from Avengers Campus last weekend to you first Mm -hmm. when you were subscribed to the newsletter. We try and get those things out to you first because, I mean, we love all our Hyperion adventurers, but those of you that have taken the time to sign up for the newsletter, you have put in that extra effort, so you should get a little bit of something back.
1: Right. And sometimes we put some special things that we don't release anywhere else, so you will be the only ones getting that information or tips. And... We want to reassure everybody that we do not do anything with that email except use it for
0: us to send you the newsletter. That's it. Well, we don't We don't need to spread it around to anybody else. Yep. It's just yep. for us. We just want you to be more involved in our Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Another way to be involved in our Hyperion Adventures podcast world is to follow us on social media. We have a lot of fun out on social media, and we hope that you will get involved with it. If you want to find us there, we are on Uh, Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We have a brand new Hyperion Adventurer Facebook group that we hope you've joined in on, but if you haven't yet, Feel free to come over. Just do a look for us. It's uh, facebook.com slash group slash Hyperion Adventurers. Join in with the fun. We're already having, it's only been a week old, and we're already having a lot of fun in that group.
1: Yeah. Thank you for those of you who have already joined us, and it is a lot of fun. And we have some wonderful ideas for things that we're going to share on there and interact with people on there. So you will want to join that group.
0: Yes, yes. It's just going to be a lot more fun for everybody out there when we move through this group. And we did actually get another message of for last week's third anniversary episode through Ooh. that group. Another congratulations. Uh, through that group and that is from Scott in Minnesota Mm -hmm. he wanted to be sure and send us a message since he missed out on it last week so here's what he sent he said Tom and Michelle congratulations on three amazing years you've helped so many of us get through the past year of keeping uh, by keeping our Disney dreams alive I always look forward to my Mondays knowing I have a new episode to listen to the only problem I have is that by Tuesday I have nothing to listen to (laughs) you can always go back to the older episodes Scott they're there for you I hope We can all meet up in either in Disneyland or in Walt Disney World. And he says it's in parentheses. And I promise I'll get the dates right (laughs) this time. Uh, We were nearly tried to meet up. uh, I don't know. It was about a month, month and a half ago. He was in town here in San Diego. We had set up a time, went to a place where we were supposed to meet up. Uh, he, All this stuff he was doing out here, visiting from Minnesota, somehow he had gotten the dates crossed. So we just, it, unfortunately, it fell through. But yes. And we know uh, what that's like. Yes, so. absolutely. Sure. Especially traveling. you yes. got a lot of stuff on your plate. Um, you know, a, lot of, a lot of fun stuff planned. And it's easy to get the, the calendar messed up. So we totally understand. And we'll work that out in the future. Hopefully we will meet. Uh, he goes on to say, again, congrats on three wonderful years. You guys are truly amazing, Scott mm-hmm. and Minnesota. Thank you, Scott. Yes, thank you very much. That's so sweet. We appreciate it. Yeah, so really, really appreciate that. We've already made some brand new friends Mm -hmm. uh, out there on the Hyperion Adventurers group. We have a a Sue Wembley who uh, contacted us that we didn't know she was a listener to the show, Uh, but as soon as this group popped up, she's been very active within it and saying some wonderful things. She's across the pond over in the UK, so thank you, Sue, for joining in. Definitely
1: and love some of the upcoming plans that you have. Sounds super exciting. Exciting and fun,
0: and uh, we're looking forward to hearing as those happen. Yeah, and lots of others. We've had a lot of fun out there, so please join in in all the fun. Another way join right, and in. And if you're already on the group, invite your friends too. Yeah, it. absolutely. Uh, you know, it's not, even if they don't listen to the podcast, join them in because we're just going to have fun sharing our adventures, talking Disney, all in a very mm-hmm. positive place. That's the main thing we want for this. We want this to be a positive spot for you to come and, you know, just. Have a good time. Have fun. Yeah. So uh, another positive spot is our YouTube channel. (laughs) We have uh, putting out mostly these episodes out on YouTube, but we did put that slideshow video. If you haven't checked it out yet, the slideshow video from our trip to Avengers campus for opening day, you can check that out there as well. And if you want to find us on YouTube, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures podcast, hit subscribe, and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to email us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures podcast at gmail.com
1: right we really as as we say every week we really appreciate you writing into us um, it's amazing how many wonderful warm things we get it's just so so great uh, but really if you have any questions about any of our episodes or any of the information we're relaying or you would like us to talk about something, Feel free. We want this to be a podcast that interests you as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. Please hit us up, and uh, we want to know what you w- what you think, what you have to say uh, about the show. So uh, one more thing I want to get to, and, re- and a reminder, we brought this out. It was big news last week. We have uh, launched our Patreon page, mm-hmm. so you can join a membership uh, with the Hyperion Adventures podcast, help us out with some of the costs we're uh, getting here throughout the show. Help us upgrade some of our equipment so our show can you know, be better as we move forward. Flourish. Flour- flourish. <laughs> um, and then we hope so. You'll hope you'll join in with that. And We have a lot of great perks if you want to sign in for that with tiers starting as little as $2 per month. I'm not going to focus on it every single week because I, I don't think I don't want this to be all about, you know, getting money into the show, but we would appreciate appreciate the help. However, one thing we are planning on doing every single week, because this is part of the perks, is giving our Patreon member of the week shout out. And this week's goes to the very first person who signed up for a membership. And that is Tony, the Disney dad from the formerly Disney Discussions podcast. Mm -hmm. Tony's been a huge supporter of this show and a great friend for so long. And Tony, thank you very much for being our first member of the Hyperion Adventures podcast patreon group
1: right we really appreciate it and uh we've always been big fans of yours for um just you and your family are wonderful and we appreciate your continued support it's awesome for sure
0: for sure and if you want to come on and support us as well uh just go to patreon.com slash hyperion adventures podcast and you can find out which tier fits for you we have lots of great perks out there and uh, we'd love for you to come on board right and if you have any questions about it Send us a little note in our email. Absolutely. And if you have any uh, suggestions on how we can kind of boost those things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd be happy to do that as well. So as for today's show, we have lots of stuff for you this week, including we received news about several food options that will soon once again become available Mm -hmm. in the Disney parks on both coasts. We'll talk a lot about that. And yes, today we're continuing our countdown to Walt Disney World's 50th birthday. But there's also another virtual way to check out the anniversary celebration and history of a different Disney park. Even with a peek of head to what's to come for that park, we'll tell you how you can check that out as well. But let's get to our main topic of the week. So yes, once again, we're continuing our countdown to Walt Disney World's 50th birthday celebration on October 1st, which we're still planning on being at. We have reservations. We have park reservations for Magic Kingdom for October 1st. We're excited to be there. But in the meantime, every month we're counting down to that celebration, giving you a little peek back at the history of the most magical place on earth. And of course, whenever we look at history, (laughs) we go with Michelle because she does the best deep dive. She does the best research and you know, she's always fun and she brings some information that you probably, I mean, there may be some information that you knew, (laughs) but well, there's that too. I don't think it's all, it's all needed. <laughs> We're all Disney fans here. we need all this information. But she will definitely come up with something that you don't know uh, <laughs> has she, and, and enlighten you to that. So let's get right to it. Part three of our Walt Disney World's 50th birthday countdown. What's the title for this episode, Michelle? The title is... That's the ticket. That's the ticket. That's the ticket. Nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So um, we're gonna talk about the history of the ticket, the ticket book, passports, annual passes. Fast passes, blah, blah, blah. So, all
0: different forms (laughs) of tickets, essentially. All forms of
1: tickets. Uh -uh. Um, You know, and and kind of just how things have evolved over the years. So, um, you know, it started, most people know, with the, it was actually a coupon book. The, each of the little tabs that were the letters A through E. um, And I'm holding here a little, I got this at Walt Disney World uh, several years ago. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a vintage uh memo pad a vintage ticket memo pad and it has you know where the tickets on the front side and on the back you can ah. make notes and it's just too adorable to even use so no. i just still have it uh pretty much intact so um but anyways as people know you know there was the a through e tickets uh, this originated in disneyland mm-hmm. so even before walt disney world opened um It was actually conceived by the very first Disneyland public relations director, Ed Edinger. And, you know, he came up with the the concept, but these were actually called coupons. And if you needed to, in the park, purchase additional ones, if you wanted to, you know, have more D tickets or E tickets, those were tickets. Right. So as we mentioned the letters corresponded with certain attractions. And the letter A would have like the, maybe not as elaborate attractions, and it would just progress up to the e-tickets and we'll talk about that in a second um but anyways just kind of wanted to go through just in case people haven't seen it like the a tickets these were the ones that a lot of people didn't use like at the end of you the, the, end a lot of the of those trip left. you'd have yeah. some a's and b's left you probably didn't use those but you know just as an example like on main street usa you could uh ride the omnibus or the horse-drawn street cars uh main street vehicles and then in Fantasyland, land the uh cinderella's golden carousel. Mm -hmm. So again, you know, not a lot of options there and not the most heavily sought after, you know, the B ticket had the main street cinema, you know, and, um, that's still pretty much the same at Disneyland, how it was, but at Disney world, they've changed that. Um, but it was an area that you could go into, but you actually did have to give a ticket to somebody (laughs) to get in there
0: and you could see some clips from old, um, Mickey mouse. Yeah, films. You know, classic Disney shorts and cartoons. And, right, right. Yeah, in which you can still do a Disneyland. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, uh, so those are just some examples. And the sea rides got a little bit better. We had the Grand Prix Raceway, Peter Pan's Flight, Mister Toad's Wild Ride, which I was surprised to see was a C ticket. Mm. I would have thought that would have been at Especially least early a on. D. Yes. Yeah, at least a D. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the D tickets had, um, the railroad, mm-hmm. but it also had, um, the flight to the moon. Ooh, I, I the know, moon, right? I know again, surprise that was a D and not, not a N. E. Um, but it also had, uh, the skyway. So you could take the skyway, it, but it was like, you would take it one way and you'd need another ticket. <laughs> to go The other way. But if you wanted to not walk a certain area and you wanted to return right. to a, a, an attraction, maybe that you weren't to earlier, that could have been a way to to get there and, and you know, have some pretty spectacular just like
0: views. The, the Walt Disney World Railroad as well. I mean, you know, I mean, yes, it's an attraction. It's a ride. You can right. check out a lot of the park, but mostly a lot of times it's used just to get transportation from True. one part of the park to another part of the park. Right.
1: That is a good point. That is a go- good point. And then the e-ticket had things like twenty thousand leagues under the sea, it's a small world, country bear jamboree, jungle cruise, you know, so some of the really, you know, sought after attractions. And speaking of e-tickets, that actually started to become an element within our our society of really expressing something to be very special. And there was an astronaut, Sally Ride, who actually described her first um, excursion into space as a real e-ticket ride. You know, so, I mean, it's interesting that from the history of Disney, we had this thing called the e-ticket, and it has, you know, transcended the use of what it was originally made for, and it, it is something that commonly people understand means that is something pretty spectacular
0: right yeah uh, that's what it's high praise coming from sally Ride, the first female a- u.s uh, astronaut so that's right? uh, that's pretty cool but yeah that's if you don't know what the term you know that's an e-ticket comes from you know that's what it comes from right. it's from originally disneyland but now Walt uh, later walt disney world and it was the ticket, for the, the, the ticket that was the hardest to come by, and if you wanted to purchase more of them, the high, most expensive right, ticket, exactly. uh, that's because it was for the most sought-after attractions.
1: Right, right. And so, um, you know, what they would have in the park is these booths that you could actually go up and purchase additional tickets. Um, I know it, at Disneyland, you can still see some of these booths. They have them a little bit, you know, decorated or whatever, but they... They really don't have them at Walt Disney World. There's anymore. still
0: a couple because I remember when we went on the, I think it was the Keys of the Kingdom tour. They, someone, uh, one of our guides oh, pointed out true. a couple of them to us. Like that used to be a ticket buffet. right I don't right. think there is as many in existence anymore, but they right. still are there. Yeah.
1: Now the other thing that a lot of people may not know is for Walt Disney World, the coupon booklet also contained two other tickets that were for transportation to get to the park. And then admission into the park. Mm-hmm. And so these were sold, these booklets were sold at the Ticket and Transportation Center, which is where people park now to go into Magic Kingdom. That's what it was used for then. But you actually did, and that's where the name came from because that was where you purchased your ticket and you got your, you started your transportation. So it was like a, a ticket that had like a tear off part and the first part you would give to either take the monorail over or, to take a boat over, and then once you got at to the uh, park itself, you needed the other part of that, which was the admission into the park, and then the the A through E tickets were were got you onto attractions.
0: Right, so you didn't just walk in and just go on whatever attraction called out to you, whichever attraction had the shortest wait, whatever. You needed to be sure and have tickets for those right. attractions, or you know, if you wanted to go on the haunted mansion and you already used up your e tickets, yes, uh, you were out of luck, or you needed to go and buy more. Like it, you said, that those, right. those ticket booths, yeah. right?
1: So you really, you know, it 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 was a fun way to actually, you know, plan your day. Is considering, you know, and and they did um, eventually offer like different number of tickets in a ticket booklet, you know, so you could get more tickets at a higher price. It would have, a, you know, a few more of the E or D or whatever. Um, but anyways, that was some another option. But it was a fun way to try to plan. I mean, I was little, but I remember the ticket booklets mm-hmm. at
0: Walt Disney World, and they were pretty, pretty cool. Me too. I remember at uh, Disneyland, and I remember when it was a big deal when they got rid of them at Disneyland. You know, when right. it was like, whoa, they're going to do what? You're paying <laughs> one price and you're getting in, you to go on all these rides. But man, the price went up significantly. You know, right. Because what they depended on was the fact that, yeah, you would go into the park. You'd pay this one price. It wasn't that expensive to mm-hmm. get into the park with these tickets. But then they relied on the fact that once you got in there, you may want to buy more of these E, D tickets, right. maybe even the C tickets uh, to go on some of these more sought after attractions. So they would get a little bit more sure. money in, in that way. But now they later decided, no, this isn't the way to go. Let's do the overall thing. And I'm right. sure you're going to talk a little bit yes, about that.
1: Actually, that's a perfect segue honey, into the next Part, which is the all-inclusive passport, and uh, actually in June of 1981, which is 40 years ago from right now, is when they started, uh, you know, introducing this one-day all-inclusive passport program. And I remember at the time, uh, I don't remember if it was in June, but obviously early on in this process, I remember my sister. Was staying at the Contemporary, and she told me she was offered this choice of either getting the ticket booklet or this all-inclusive one day. And you know, she said it was kind of pricey, but she thought she'd give it a try. And you know, and ended up really liking it because you didn't have to worry—do I have enough tickets or whatever. Um, but anyway, so that that pilot program lasted about a year, and then in 1982 it was adopted and the actual tickets booklets were phased out from actually both coast mm-hmm. and um except for other countries so Tokyo Disneyland kept the ticket booklet until 2001
0: wow i know that was just 20 years ago so wow that's a long way after they they were ceased in operation at uh, the US parks yeah
1: right right so um you know I, I remember talking to my sister and she she was um, describing that it was actually a ticket you know this like card stock ticket that was with string on it and you would tie it to your Clo- you know, to your clothing, like on a button or, you know, a right. purse or something like that, you know, to be able to show when you wanted to get into an attraction that you had that. So
0: you haven't figured out yet that they could sell those lanyards that uh, way make so much money for them <laughs> later on. If only they know then what they know now. Right. So then after
1: that, Disney started offering multi-day and then multi-park passes. And so these were like a ticket, like a another card stock, but you didn't have to tie it. Um, you just had to show it because at this point, there were no ticket books anymore. So you just showed it for your entry into the park and they would stamp it with the date and for each, you know, whether you had a three day or four day would give how many slots where they would have a spot to, to stamp it. And these were initially offered to be used forever. Like if you were going on a a trip and you were going to go two days into the park and you had an extra day or two left on your ticket, you could come back at another time at another year and, and use that but what w- happened in Florida, especially, is they would have these, um, you know, n- not so ethical travel agents. What? I know. That's
0: crazy. I All know. the travel agents we know are very ethical. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking I about. I know.
1: I know. And I have nothing against travel agents, but these were people who were really, I don't know. There's they always were, someone They were really to. travel agents as much as they were, you know, people promoting themselves to be that. And yeah. what they would do is they would actually um, seek out and purchase from people tickets that didn't weren't completely used up. Mm-hmm. So whether they had one or two days left on it, they would buy it from them at a really discounted price and then sell a package deal to somebody else using those tickets because, again, it didn't have an identifier. It just had a stamp date. And so um, Disney, after a while, caught on to say, you know, this isn't really what it was intended for, and, you know, it's a third party now getting money for additional days. And so um, what they ended up doing is having it as it is now, where you, when you have a multi-day pass, it has an expiration from when the pass is started for use, Mm -hmm. so...
0: Which is good for a trip, but not so good. Like if you live in town and you want to use it up, you know, you need to use it up. If if you don't buy an annual pass and you want to use it up, you can't start going in May. Right. And And then go again in October because it'll be done by that point. Right. Exactly. So, um...
1: And from there, then Disney went on to offering the annual pass. Um, and actually, it was first introduced at Walt Disney World on September 28th in 1982. So I guess it was kind of around, the, around same, the same time, yeah. Same time, just a few months after the all-inclusive uh, pass was, uh, was adopted completely. Now, with those annual passports that they were selling, um, they would take your picture and laminate it onto a card. Um, so that's what you would present and it would have on there what the expiration date is and stuff. And I still have a couple of my oh, old, dear. yeah, <laughs> from the nineties. Um, I look different. <laughs> really? Short hair. <laughs> still air. lovely as uh, always, I'm sure. I don't know about that. Um, and then in, uh, 2010 on March 10, excuse me, March 11th of 2010, Disney actually offered, what they called the Premier Passport, and it provided entrance to both coasts of the United States parks, so Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Um, It also included uh, the water parks, the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex, Disney Oaks Trail Golf Course, and it had some extra perks to it. So it had no blockout dates. Uh, It was a park hopper. It provided um, free parking. Uh, discounts to food and store items, Photo Pass downloads, and Max Pass, which we're going to
0: talk about in a little bit as well. Yeah. So and that was the last pass we had for Disneyland before they put us into the legacy pass holder <laughs> category. We had a premier pass since we were going to Walt Disney World and Disneyland, obviously several times a year. We went ahead and kicked down for both. And so that is the last right, as of right now. And who knows what changes with Disneyland's membership program, but our last annual pass that mm-hmm. we may have for Disneyland might have been that premier pass. Right. Yeah. I remember we had splurged on that in 2019
1: because before it was it actually worked out cheaper to get separate annual pass passports as long as you weren't getting the top of the line for each coast Mm -hmm. At, at that point then it was pretty much the same so yeah you're right in 2019 we were planning trips on both coasts it was when galaxy's edge opened and we had big plans to do that we didn't know if there was going to be some soft openings uh, you right. know
0: offered for premier pass holders. or if you would get a little bit of a, an extra like you know they did with disney cruise when you were more of a you know the higher you were a sure. platinum that maybe you had in because it was a reservation system for galaxy's edge on the west coast right. to begin with so you had to get in and get these reservations. We weren't sure if they would open it up, you know, like a day earlier for someone who had like a premier passport right. or whatever. So we went ahead and uh, did the numbers and it was close enough that we decided to go for the premier uh, passport. Right.
1: And some of these perks um, you see on annual passes now, you know, for example, parking and um you know the discounts on food uh-huh. and the photo passes. So um, it's just having that premiere. Just felt like you, you know, you you own the world. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> look at I know, at this pass. Uh-huh. I know.
0: <laughs> braggy, braggy. <laughs> we, we never brag on this show. I know, just every week, but. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> that was one that was funny to show off. Right. People would be like, ooh, you have the big pass. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: and, you know, with uh, annual passes, as well as, as other uh, multi-day passes, you can always upgrade them. And that's, I think, what we ended up doing. We had a annual pass that had started not too long before that, and we said, okay, let's just upgrade to mm-hmm. the premiere. Yeah, when
0: we, we went to the park and did it, upgraded it.
1: Right. But that's not where tickets end in the history of
0: disney and by the way we're still hoping waiting to hear when they will start selling annual passes for walt disney world again you can renew currently we renewed not Mm -hmm. that long ago um not at premiere obviously yeah. <laughs> uh, but we did renew not that long ago so uh, we still have our annual pass hopefully uh, soon here we'll be hearing news of when new annual passes will be sold because right. i really believe that they're not going away they will be sold again and it'll be interesting to see at disneyland what they do with their uh program there so. right
1: right so it's interesting that you know disneyland Talking about, you know, how they're really going to restructure, and we've seen a lot of different programs offered. Even when they had the annual pass for Disneyland, um, mainly for locals, how they would have different levels of things where you could do more seasonal visits and have more block out dates, things like that. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, but other tickets were required throughout the history of Disney World. Um, one of the most famous one is uh the very merry christmas party you know Mm -hmm. that is a ticketed event and a sought out one for sure you know and 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 something that people looked forward to as kind of traditions Mm -hmm. for their families um and another one that's also very famous is mickey's not so scary halloween party Mm -hmm. you know and of course now we have the boo bash yeah which was i guess
0: going tickets for selling for the boobash this week were pretty crazy out there hopefully if you were looking to get them hopefully it worked out for you but it looked like it was a struggle from what i saw on social media
1: right right i know that you know that was something i was reading a lot of where people were you know on hold for hours um and hours and hours um but they did add some new dates so um i think it was like five sundays were added um to be Offered, so I think that's going to help
0: as well. I I did hear that Halloween completely sold out. I'm sure, yeah. Which was, you know, that was the high price one. That was the $199 per ticket one. That one completely sold out. And by the way, seeing everybody on hold and doing this, give me flashbacks to waiting to try and get the (laughs) Disney Wish just a few weeks ago. We were trying to book that because we went through a similar thing trying to get on with the Disney Wish and get our our uh, reservation all processed for that. Sure, we understand what you're going through out there.
1: Right. Well, I mean, it it is. Is interesting how um, you know, like you're saying, it's just everybody's wanting to do something and wanting to do something fun, and that's what they're offering mm-hmm. us, right? You exactly. Know? And it is interesting too, um, you know. And I and I don't want to get into and um, in being an opinion of ticket prices. It's um, more an observation, and you know, initially disney company used ticket prices as a means of controlling crowds and we see now that is not the way to control crowds anymore No,
0: unfortunately for everybody because i mean some of these prices are pretty high you know and i think that that was the original like you said that was the original intention Mm -hmm. of it but you see the you know, then there are people that will like, I'm never going to pay that much to right. go to something like this. I, I will not, it's not value for me, but there's a, plenty of people there seeing the value in it, obviously, and are not afraid to pay that price, especially, you know, I I think another thing goes into this boobash thing is that it's the first big ticketed event right. uh, since the pandemic's right. been going on. There have been people that have been pent up, ready to do stuff. Mm -hmm. There have been people that have been staying home and maybe not going out as often, spending money on dinner, spending money on vacations. So maybe they have a little more money in their accounts. Maybe. I know there's a lot of people also out of work too, but there are a lot of people that didn't lose their jobs that are still making money that uh, just haven't had a place to spend it. So they're like, well, let's splurge on this. Sure.
1: You know, or if it's something that you've done traditionally with your kids and you, you don't want to see that go away. You missed it in 2020. And so you want to rekindle that fun. I can see where it really does
0: have a draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure.
1: For sure. So, um, some other ticketed events, uh, Disney world would have what they call Disney after hour events, you know, and that's again where they would sell a limited number of tickets to keep the parks you know, at a smaller amount of attendees and give people the opportunity to go on attractions without having long queues and things like that. So um, it's, and, and that's something we probably will see
0: return, you know, yeah, one, I, of I those, one of those that we've attended is the uh, DVC member Moonlight right. Magic, which is always a lot of fun yes. for all the DVC members when you can get in there and, and do that at the various different parks Right, they have those open up. I'm hoping uh, that we can see those coming again yes. before too long, for sure.
1: Yes. Um, you know, and and this is really about Walt Disney World and their count, the countdown to the 50th anniversary. But I did want to mention that, you know, Disneyland also did offer ticketed events. Um, even more recent years, uh, before the pandemic, they would have they had a, a series each year called Disneyland After Dark, and they had some really great mm-hmm. themed events that we we enjoyed. We didn't do all of them. We you know we were pretty selective, um, because again, if you have an annual pass, it's you know you're paying more for that. But um, they did have some really fun. Uh, things going on in photo ops. I think Disneyland would have more um, e- entertainment mm-hmm. that went with the theme. Uh, rather than just having the park open for attractions, and I think you, we would see
0: people participate in more of those type of, of things with the after hour. Yeah, events. the very last uh, Disney ticketed event that we attended was '80s Night at mm-hmm. Disneyland After Dark, and uh, that was a party happening. Yes. And there were <laughs> been, there were people dancing, there's the DJ, there was an '80s band right. on one of the uh, Tom Sawyer rafts going around, you know, floating around right. near Tom Sawyer Island. I mean, it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It right. was a lot of fun for sure.
1: And and didn't you like when they had the Valentine celebration mm-hmm. after hours? We got we had dancing lessons. Right. <laughs> we had the ball. Sweethearts night That's was what that right. one was called, yeah. That was so, fun. Yeah, anyways, fun things that, you know, were were special ticketed events. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. That's a, a lot of other ways different types of tickets. Right, you know. right.
1: So you know i i felt like this topic couldn't go without mentioning some other things Sort of ticket ish. Okay. And that would be fast passes, max
0: passes, and virtual queues. Mm, How we miss the fast passes and the max passes right about now. Right. We've dealt with virtual queues quite (laughs) often recently. You know, and it wasn't that long
1: ago we remember, you know, what fast passes were, where you actually, uh, for Walt Disney World, you had an ability to make three advanced fast passes for a park on it on a given day and, you know, give you a return time pick. You had an opportunity to select return times and things. Um, you know, so that was, you know, something that was really great. It worked a little differently at Disneyland. Disneyland had more of a one fast pass and you went to the location to Mm -hmm. actually uh, where the attraction was. Um, we would even get the Printout ticket, mm-hmm. even though that wasn't necessarily needed. You you could use the app to show your reservation for that fast
0: right. pass. Right, they, they even up until fast passes stopped or at least were paused here. Before, you know, in the pandemic, uh, they did still have the paper fast pass at Disneyland. There did used to be the paper fast pass Mm -hmm. at Walt Disney World as well before they went ahead and moved to the system where uh, if you were staying there or going into the parks, you could uh, at a certain point ahead of your reservation or your your day that you were going to the parks, you could reserve up to three ahead of time and and then um, add another one later on once you've used up all your uh, fast passes in the park. Yes. uh, Yeah, those paper fast passes were uh, very convenient at Disneyland, but not as convenient is something else i think you're going to talk about that is at disneyland
1: right in which i was actually going to let you talk a little bit about because you were usually the one in control and that was max passes and max passes um we're going to talk about what they were but it if you had a premiere or even if you had an annual disneyland um, that was in a higher level or higher tier the max pass was included. Otherwise it was an add on fee mm-hmm. for the day. Um, which in some cases may, may be great if somebody wanted to say, Oh, you know, I'm going to go and add this and, and have this ability. Um, but I could also see for people who have, you know, were there with a large family or whatever, adding, you know, 10 and then it did increase eventually,
0: uh, dollars a day could become pricey, but
1: yeah. Why don't you go into Max
0: Pass? Yeah, so Max Pass may come into play here for Walt Disney World. There's a lot of rumors around that there may be something uh, on the bubbling out there that may happen similarly at Walt Disney World coming up soon. But this was something that was at Disneyland that we yes we used with the – our we came with our premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also for any annual pass at Disneyland you could add it on right. for an additional fee um, either out front or you could add it on one whatever day and it was kind of if, you know you adding it on per day was not a bad thing because maybe you go in one day in the park and you're not planning on doing a lot of attractions. So, you know, you don't have to pay that $10 per Mm -hmm. person per day, you know, for the entire trip. But maybe where there was that one single day that you wanted to do a lot of attractions, then maybe that's the day you go ahead and spurge on the $10 per day. Plus, you also got photo pass along with the Max mm-hmm. Pass as well for right. that day. So if you're gonna take pictures as well, it all played into it. But it was just an easy way rather than going to the location, you know, getting okay. the paper fast pass, going whatever, that is you could when before you entered the park or when you're in the park, you could go on there and pick find out what attractions were available at what times, reserve your group on there and get you you have your fast pass right on your phone essentially or on your annual pass. You can scan it on your annual pass as well. And uh, that would be the easy way. And then, as soon as you scan that one, you could be in the queue, the fast pass queue, waiting for that attraction and start looking ahead. Or right. if you had um, a couple of hours time difference between when you made that one, you could do the same thing. And you needed I think it was either an hour and a half or two hours in between mm-hmm. uh, when you, whether you you if you use them, it was fine to go ahead and, and go for the next fast pass, next max pass, fast pass. Or if it was. That much time in between when you first got that pass you could go ahead and get another right. one so but it was just really convenient to be able to just go through the day as soon as you used it up you'd start looking at what was the next thing you sure. could do and if you had a park hopper you could do it for both parks you could right. be at disneyland and getting a, a fast pass over for disney california adventure or vice versa so it still had the you still had to pay for fast passes you could still use those just fine no extra charge mm-hmm. but it just was a little bit more convenient on those days when you wanted to do a lot of attraction
1: you're right you're absolutely right the max pass you were just paying for convenience of having the same ability to do a fast pass and even though we've said how disneyland uh, resort and Disney California Adventure park are very close and you can go back and forth between them you certainly didn't want to do that
0: over and over and over throughout the day so well, especially just to get a fast pass for something that might not be something you would get on for another hour and a half or something right going over to do that grab the fast pass and then walk all the way back over to Disneyland right the max pass really was a convenience
1: feature that you're paying for to have the app actually capture the fast pass for you versus your feet doing it
0: yeah, it was just convenience. But and like I said, you know, I mean, yes, it was $10 uh, per person for the whole day to do that, to at least for everybody you wanted to get in within those fast passes. Um, but the, you did get that uh, that uh, photo pass. Right. Which was another benefit yes. on top of that, that, you know, I mean, rather than paying for you, I mean, because you could pay for that separately. Right. But if you want to get some pictures taken, too, that's kind of helpful as well. Right. So. And then the last one that
1: falls under that category is the more recent, the virtual queues uh, that started in December of 2019. Do you know what it was initially, initially
0: used for? Yes, I know, because <laughs> we did it in December of 2019. That was Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, boy, uh, when they first started it. You had to be there, right. checked into the parks before you could try and get it. Remember the right. rush of people trying to get there, the concern of getting to the park in time when, right. when they became available and being in and making sure you're scanned in through the tap styles or whatever it was to get through there. And then, then not only you got through there, then you still had to hope that you could get it on your phone when you were doing it. It was a lot more stressful then. Not that it's not stressful now right? as you're trying to do it. (laughs) But but you can be
1: more comfortable. It's a little easier now, yeah. I know. That's right. Yeah, you had to um, be there actually before the park opened. So, you know, you you knew you had to get up early, you know, and you weren't, well, I guess after after that you could be there for, for a rope drop, but... Your purpose was usually just to be there inside the park. Um, And and I remember we used to try to find some strategic locations. Mm -hmm. So you weren't next to a lot of people and could, you know, have the best. Off
0: the Disney Wi-Fi. Because uh, (laughs) that can be a lot of people trying to use the Disney Wi-Fi. You know, taking the bandwidth up, that could be trouble as well. So. Um, I always suggest this when you're trying to get these and we've been pretty successful with it so yeah. far is to go ahead and, and use your data from your phone that tends to work best for us anyway. Right. Um, try and be not in a crowded area where mm-hmm. there's a lot of people trying for the <laughs> same thing you are because that's going to take up some bandwidth as well depending on what your uh, your service is and just be ready to go. I mean, you, you, you can't even think about it. You right. basically need to you know, swipe down, swipe down. As soon as you hit that join button, you hit it and then you hit okay. Right. And you hope that your group is together because <laughs> if you try and look and see if everybody that's in your group is right. included in there, um, you probably missed out. Right. And it's really, really <laughs> fast. So you just have to kind of hope that everybody that is has that, you know, the one benefit now is that Because of the park reservation process, if you're all linked on your account, everybody that has a park reservation in your group that is linked with your account during that day will be highlighted automatically for you as long as it's in the same park. So if you're going to Disney's Hollywood Studios, Everybody who has a park reservation that is linked to your account will automatically be there when you try and do that. So now if you have a bunch of people linked to your account (laughs) that you don't want to be going with you on your attraction, (laughs) that could be an issue. But um, it is the best way to do it. And we've been so far um, pretty lucky on our... Whether it be at 7 a.m. or later on, whether it's uh, on at Walt Disney World at 1 p.m. or at noon at Disneyland, right. we've been pretty lucky so far right. that we've done yeah, well with the it. Other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: absolutely. And, you know, so uh, and we're seeing this is an expanding feature, you know, and it makes sense, you know, for... Walt Disney World and Disneyland to avoid, you know, these long lines, especially when social distancing is, you know, a a factor, and how that can be disruptive to flow. And so they have at Disneyland now added the virtual queue for the Indiana Jones attraction, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as the newest uh, in Adventure's
0: campus of the Web Slinger. Right. So um, you have uh, the option to get all three of them if it works out for you during the day, if you have a park hopper. Right. The one problem is with these virtual queues at Disneyland, and we've discussed this on uh, previous episodes, is that you can't hold two virtual queue boarding groups at once. So before you get the second one or the third one, you have to have already used up your boarding group. So your ideal thing, was let's let's, let's just say you want to do Rise of the Resistance and Web Slingers, uh, depending on which order you want. You want to get that first one at 7 a.m. and hope you get a really early boarding group and that the attraction stays running so you can have it. And be through there before noon so you can try and get that other one. Otherwise, there's no guarantees that you'll get both in one day.
1: Right. So anyways, that's our look on Fast Passes, Max Passes and virtual queues. And um, it does seem like we're really seeing, well, evolution of how the Disney parks are trying to make the process you know, easier for people, you know, not to be in lines and not to, you know, feel like their time is just consumed in a queue. And Except for Avengers Campus. Right. (laughs) That is true. But there's still another feature (laughs) that is, you know, kind of, again, in this segment, um, which is the theme parks reservation Mm -hmm. process now. And, you know, through the pandemic now, we've really started to get acclimated to the fact that, um, you now need a reservation, you know, along with a ticket to go into the park. Even if you have an annual pass, um, it's not like you can just show up. You do need to secure that, that, um, theme park reservation. And then if you have a park hopper or an annual pass, you could then convert to another park if there's availability in the afternoon. So, uh, just another new feature that is really helping, you know, one control the the amount of crowd so that people can have the best experience, you know, and right now still in a, you know, optimally safe environment yeah
0: uh the theme park reservation thing is something that i don't see going away anytime very soon right they've even said it's not going away anytime very soon Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. as much as i like the convenience of just deciding where you want to go on that morning right feeling like oh you know what i really want to go back to epcot and try some more of the festival food or you know whatever it is um that's probably not gonna be the case for a while because i think disney is finding it right now you know obviously this pandemic has made it necessary mm-hmm. to have this reservation so they can be sure and control capacity. But even moving forward, I think that this will give them knowledge as to what they can expect as far as attendance so they can know right. how to staff each park sure. going into it. And I, I really feel that that is the best data that they can use going forward. Obviously, they get plenty of data on mm-hmm. what dates normally bring things people in or whatever, but this is going to be even more fine-tuned. Right. So i I. I mean, it may eventually go away, but I think it's going to be a while for sure. Right. I mean, some of the things that it can
1: help is prevent massive disappointment. So if everybody, you know, let's use example of Avengers Campus. If they can control how many people have a reservation into Disney California Adventure Park, that's like level one for them to control how many people... Uh, and I'm sure they're going to be collecting data of what percentage of people go into Avengers Campus, and from there know how many uh, boarding passes mm-hmm. can handle that, be handled. And you know, rather than saying, "Okay, we're going to let twice as many people go into California Adventure Park," but only you know, 30% of them are going to get into Web Slingers, and have 70% of the people, or, or maybe not all of them, but a lot of people thinking, oh, I, I came here and had no opportunity to do the one thing I wanted to do.
0: Right. Well, that's another thing is, you know, with the the growth of the virtual queue that we discussed, you know, that, you know, between uh, Rise of the Resistance mm-hmm. and there's going to be more at Walt Disney World. I, it doesn't surprise me if Ratatouille, when that opens up, it becomes a, right. uh, a, a virtual queue as well and some other attractions, maybe Tron when that opens up, you mm-hmm. know, the Guardians of the Galaxy when that opens up. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if all of those are virtual queues, but this will stop people from necessarily having to you know at 7 a.m they can just pick you know oh, i'm going to try for a rise of the resistance right. and then they don't get it and they're like okay well i'm just going to go to another park so it kind of it, it gives more people that are actually planning on going to that park originally that right. day the opportunity to get that boarding group as to a bunch of people that well i'll try for rise of the resistance. if we don't go that's fine we'll go to magic kingdom or whatever right. you know i mean that it just it makes it Better for the people that just want to go to the studios that day to be able to try and get that boarding group, rather than having all these other people, you know, trying in that don't really have the intention more than just to go on Rise of the Resistance or whatever. That's a good point. Yeah, good point. We'll see what happens going forward with it, but I I really feel that that's another reason why the park reservation system is going to continue. Right. Yeah, makes sense.
1: So, anyways, that's our look on. That's a ticket. That's the ticket. That's the ticket.
0: I love it. Uh, You know, really interesting to see how tickets have evolved at uh, Walt Disney World and Disneyland. We went ahead and looked at Disneyland a bunch in this because, you know, we're close to Disneyland and we tend to be the Disneyland show, but so we can't (laughs) help ourselves. But um, it it is interesting to see how it's evolved over the years, how it continues to evolve and who knows what we're going to have going forward. Right. Uh, For me, it was a fun journey too,
1: because I, you know, got through to, you know, all all the memorabilia that I've collected (laughs) over the years and seen, you know, the different types of, you know, annual passes or one day park pass or multi-day pass, our premier pass, you know, and it was just fun to reminisce and thinking about all the fun that each of these tickets represented and brought for me and our family and you know it's it was a fun episode to prepare for
0: really good stuff Michelle's research and information <laughs> deep dives always the very best <laughs> sweetheart great job oh, thank, thank you, you very much that's part 3 of our countdown to Walt Disney World's 50th birthday uh that's the ticket so we're halfway through now we still have, we have 3 months left yes. until we get to October we'll have July Uh, August September October 1st is when the big day happens and so we have three more parts to this uh, coming you know and uh, I can't wait to find out what Michelle is going to dive into next
1: yes Um, I think our next one
0: is a Room with a View. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with, I'm guessing, <laughs> hotels? But we'll wait and see. But again, if you have any questions mm-hmm. or you know just want to add some input to anything we talk about in some of these episodes, maybe even just the memories that you have from some of right. these things that we discussed at Walt Disney World or Disneyland, um, please hit us up at our Gmail account or on social media. Yeah, we'd love to hear about your experiences as well. Right, so again... That is our part three of our countdown to Walt Disney World's 50th birthday. That's the ticket. Again, sweetheart wonderful job always (laughs) does a fantastic job always learn things that i didn't know lots of stuff in there that i did not know about the tickets at walt disney world as we were progressing through this i hope you learned some things as well so let's get to our disney stories of the week i do have a couple for you this week not a lot but i do have a couple for you this week and i'm going to start with we received news about several food options that will soon once again become available in the disney parks on both coasts I know yum yeah this from the Disney Parks blog will start at the Disneyland Resort since it's close to home for us Mm -hmm. and it opened more close to this time it wasn't (laughs) that long ago actually that it just finally reopened so uh the Disney Parks blog says I know travelers at Disneyland Park have missed sipping on fuzzy tauntauns (laughs) and listening to DJ Rex Uh Rocket." Well, all you bounty hunters, smugglers, and galactic travelers will be happy to know that Oga's Cantina will once again open on June 17th, coming up here very soon. With bookings available on June fourteenth, that's this week. That's wow. Monday. That's yeah. well, when you're when this episode drops. That's tomorrow. Who knows when you're listening to this? Um, that will be uh, very exciting because uh, we've missed Oga's Cantina yes. here on the West Coast. Oh, I know,
1: I know. It's um, you know it's fun still going into Galaxy's Edge and visiting Batu, but. Yes, you're right. We missed it. Yes, I'm
0: missing Fuzzy Tauntaun. I love the the tingly lips from the (laughs) Fuzzy Tauntaun. I'm looking forward to having one again uh, sometime relatively soon. So uh, moving on, planning to visit Disney California Adventure Park. You can soon get your fix of plant based potato flautas or indulgent French toast at the Lamplight Lounge Brunch opening on July 9th with bookings available again on June 14th. That's Monday. Right. I know we were
1: talking about that not too long ago, how much we love the brunch there and really
0: miss it and so excited to hear that it's coming back. I love all the meals at the Lamplight Lounge. It's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. spots in any Disney park that we've been to to grab a meal. Uh, But there's something about the brunch there that is really special to us. Um, It's really, really good. It's available only on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays right now. Brunch is. The restaurants Mm -hmm. open the other days, but the brunch is only open those days. Um, But the breakfast slash lunch, you know, sort of with a, um, Mexican Hispanic flair to it, yeah. the mimosa flight. Right, it's just so good, and just a wonderful way to have your late morning, early afternoon meal. Right, it's yeah, you you've captured it very well. So uh, moving on, want to dine al fresco with a plate of delicious spaghetti aglio olio accompanied by a perfect glass of wine at Wine Country Trattoria? Yes. Well, (laughs) then plan a visit when it opens up on June 17th with, again, bookings available on June 14th. That's Monday. Wow, that's going to be a busy day on Monday for people. (laughs) Yeah, I think we were looking at something for some of our... trips that we had just gone on. I remember when the reservations for, I think, Blue Bayou Restaurant right. opened up or whatever, and you went on there just to see what was available or whatever. I, it the, was a, yeah, the alfresco
1: Tasting Terrace right. for Legacy members. That's
0: right. It was a crazy morning trying to get reservations. So um, be prepared for that on Monday, but it's good news that there's more dining options right. coming very yeah, soon. Right, very exciting. Yeah. Uh, here are a few more Disneyland Park openings and offerings that uh, they're excited to share. The Tiki Juice Bar is opening on June 17th. That's where you get that Dole Whip. I mean, you can still get it (laughs) uh, over at the... Why can't I think of the name of it right now? Um, Tropical Hideaway. You still can get it over at the Tropical Hideaway, but now the traditional place right in front of the Enchanted Tiki Tiki Room, room. (laughs) uh, that's where you can get that, and that's opening up. Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo will be opening on June 17th as well. All these are opening up on June 17th. Right. Alien Pizza Planet also opening up, and Rancho del Zocalo Restaurante. If you're looking for a little Mexican food over at the Disneyland Park over in Frontierland, you can pick some up there as well. So that's all great news.
1: That is all great news, and it's great to hear. Cast members are coming back, and the park is
0: going to be expanding what they're offering and it's so wonderful right by the way all this stuff tied in with the fact that here in california they're uh finally dropping the covid restrictions that have been on this date on june 15th Mm -hmm. on tuesday that's the date when they've decided okay we're we've done this long enough we need to get businesses going Consistently again, enough people in the state have been vaccinated, right. whatever. Uh, so they're dropping the mask and a lot of the other restrictions on that date, including some more in- indoor dining availability right. or whatever. Now, remember, and Disneyland has not announced this yet, while Disney World has, that uh, while Disney World, you now, as of June 15th, will not have to wear a mask anywhere. If you're vaccinated. If you're vaccinated. Now, that doesn't count transportation. Transportation, you still have to wear a mask. But anywhere in the queues, the restaurants, whatever. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If you're not vaccinated, you should be wearing a mask. And by the way, even if you are vaccinated and you want to wear a mask, that is just right. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't let anybody shame you. Exactly. And don't shame anybody who decides they want to right. wear a mask. It's all your personal opinion on what you want to do. Right.
1: That's something, you know, at, at my work that we've talked about that even once the mask requirements are, you know, are lifted, Um, that, you know, probably seasonally, it's not a bad idea to have masks in certain conditions or situations where you're around a lot of people.
0: Yeah, Uh, flu numbers are as lowest as they've ever been this year because of everybody, you know, doing more, washing their hands better, wearing masks, doing that stuff. So um, probably a pretty good idea to go ahead when you feel like there could be that concern to go ahead and wear that mask, keep those masks around. It can't hurt you. Exactly. Um, back to the topic here I just went off on a little tangent yeah. there but back to the topic uh, moving to the stuff that's opening up at the Walt Disney World Resort dining wise here in the next uh, several months uh, we'll start with Sebastian's Bistro at uh, Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort that will be opening up on June 24th with nightly walk-in availability through July 4th bookings available now for reservations beginning on July Fifth. So uh, if you're staying at the Caribbean Beach Resort or if you want to travel over there right. for a meal at Sebastian's, uh, that is your opportunity Sounds to do wonderful. so. Ohana, which, oh my goodness. <laughs> the social media uproar <laughs> from Ohana opening up this week at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort. That's opening up on July 9th with uh, bookings beginning. Well, they're available now. If you want to book uh, your reservation for Ohana, you can do that right now. Oh, the uproar. <laughs> of when the Ohana released what their new truncated menu was going to look like. Oh, my goodness. It was uh, something to behold, for sure.
1: I did think it was kind of cute on our Hyperion Adventures um, Facebook group where you were teasing the Disney dish of the week and somebody asked if you were going to make the noodles. That <laughs> was Adam. It
0: loved Adam it. is stirring up the pot about I the noodles, for sure. It. Not not the walk, <laughs> the pot about the noodles, uh, for sure. But uh, apparently... For those of you who were outraged by it, it, it worked for you because they are, and they did add the noodles yep. back to Ohana. So, congratulations. <laughs> Uh, moving on finally one more uh, Tusker House restaurant at Disney's Animal Kingdom Park will be opening on June 20th and bookings for that Mm -hmm. are also available now if that's something that interests you so and a lot of families will be very happy about that yeah so some great new dining options reopening coming back we're all start. we're gradually getting there (laughs) slowly but surely we're getting back to uh, many of the things that we've been missing over these many 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 months which seems like forever (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. uh, Yes, today we continued our countdown to the Walt Disney World's 50th birthday. But there is also another way to check out the anniversary celebration and history of another Disney park. And even a peek ahead of what's to come, all virtually. We'll tell you a little bit about that. This from D23.com you can celebrate shanghai Mm -hmm. disney resort with d23 the official disney fan club and walt disney imagineering with their magical milestone series marking some of the biggest disney park anniversaries in brand new ways for disney fans around the globe Nice, lots of cool stuff in this virtual event that they're going to have coming up here they say this exclusive virtual event will feature a grand gathering of imagineers who will take us on a journey spanning everything from the park origins and history to beautiful artwork and storytelling to plenty of behind the scenes stories that will let you meet some of the fascinating people who bring our favorite places to life so if you're ever wanting to kind of look at some of the story and what's what is happening what's right. out there at shanghai disney maybe eventually you might be able to get there yourself maybe right. you know, hoping even much stronger that you want to get there yeah this might be a peak for you yeah it's always
1: interesting to see how um different parks have similar attractions but maybe a different version of them or just new innovative things um i mean Shanghai being so new, talk
0: about innovation mm-hmm. and high tech. I mean, they they own it right now. Yeah, for sure. So uh, moving on with the story, they say the second in the celebratory series marks the fifth anniversary of the Shanghai Disney Resort hosted by Academy Award-nominated director Leslie Iwerks. You may remember her from Mm -hmm. the Imagineering story and many other things that she's done as well. Uh, They'll go far back before the grand opening five years ago to explore the earliest history of the groundbreaking resort with a roundtable discussion featuring Wing Chow, star of The Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Doris Woodward, who is a retired Imagineer and the resort's senior director and producer. By the way, Wing Chao is also a Disney legend. I'm not he's just, <laughs> sure. just someone in, right. in the Mandalorian, but it was interesting to see him in the Mandalorian. He's one of the people. Uh, he's a retired Imagineer. Right. Was a big person bes- behind the uh, development of Disney Cruise Line. Right. By the way, um, Howard Brown, General Manager and Site Portfolio Executive of Walt Disney Imagineering in Asia, and Bob Weiss, President Creative and New Experience Development, President of Creative and New Experience Development of Walt Disney Imagineering. Uh, together, they'll pull back the curtain on what makes Shanghai Disney Resort authentically Disney, distinctly Chinese. That's a quote. Mm-hmm. And with the inside story of the resort's development, unique designs and influences, favorite memories and more. It's, it's going to be great, that's, you know. And 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 I know that, you know,
1: if you're thinking you'll never go there, and sometimes I think that too. But, um, you know, will we get there? I don't know. But anyways... It is always interesting to hear some of the things that they have. It's just like I, I I liked how they they that quote you know distinctively Disney, what is it? It is
0: authentically Disney, authentically Disney. distinctly Chinese. Yes,
1: um, I I think that you know captures a lot of the essence of things that they have, and you know really exciting. Yeah
0: really cool stuff, and what a, what a panel uh, to, yes. to listen to out there, and they're going to have a lot of other uh, people tied in with it as well they are going to appear, but here was the thing that called out to me specifically. Uh, the journey is just beginning as they'll take a look at the first five years and into the future from Disney's mm. Pixar Toy Story Land to incredible entertainment that includes the new Mickey's Storybook Adventure and nighttime spectacular Illuminate, mm. all culminating in the extraordinary fifth anniversary celebration elevation, plus D23 members will get a special sneak peek at the all-new zootopia yeah. theme land. We love Zootopia. <laughs> right. I'm excited to find out more about that land. Yes. Because, uh, I, I hope that's something that eventually will make its way to the states as right. well. Right, yeah. So, well, as D23 members, I guess we'll have that opportunity. I happen to have already signed us Yay. up for it. Yes, uh, this special <laughs> panel will premiere Wednesday, June 16th at 4 p.m. Pacific time and will be available until Friday, July 9th at 11.45 p.m. Pacific time. If you are a D23 Gold member, this is a complimentary event. You'll just need to go to the uh, Mm D23.com and sign up for it to get your access code. If you are a D23 General member, which is the free version, you don't need to pay a cent for that. However, you will have to pay for this event. It will cost you $10 plus a $1.50 processing Mm -hmm. fee, but if you want to check it out, $11.50 to see all this interesting stuff, not a terrible price, maybe I'll convince you, maybe I want to become a gold member, you know, is another (laughs) perk involved in it. So anyway, uh, that's a great way to check it out. And I'm excited. We're we're signed up for it. We're excited to check it out for sure. And we'll talk about it. And we will definitely talk about it. So uh, that's it for the Disney Stories of the Week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And we always start with Michelle. One, because she's gorgeous, wonderful, intelligent, hardworking. (laughs) She does the best deep dive. She does the best research. She has the best lists. She always has the very best tips as well. So let's get right to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Thank you. Well, I'm going to
1: keep it short, but it is about tickets. was the topic you know and uh actually this information comes directly from walt disney world's website you know but they said they they do continue to honor all unexpected unexpected no unexpired <laughs> theme park tickets that have remaining admission days and you know if you're really not sure whether or not it is available uh we have actually a couple phone numbers that you can contact them um one is uh you can or you can go to guest relations at the parks, but you could call 407-939-1289 or 407-566-4985. Give
0: those numbers again. Just so okay, sure. Can, if we're grabbing a pencil can, right. can write it down.
1: Good idea. So both of them are 407 area code numbers. Uh 939-1289 or 566-4985. You know, and um, it, it is interesting. And I know we do have one actually. And, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking we're, we might just keep it. But it is interesting that you, you can have a pass that may have been purchased Decades ago and still be valuable enough whether you could use it for, um, depending on what it is, like a, a full day pass that you could get into a park. Um, it may have restrictions like mm-hmm. park hopper might not be available unless it says that. Um, but it is amazing to me that that could
0: still be a possibility for people so cool. and yeah. it's important because especially with uh, the pandemic and some people maybe have had some trips planned right uh, that had some tickets ready to go for those things it's good to know what uh availability they have to use those right i think it was um i think i
1: read that uh after 2004 is when they would have the um expiration after the first day of use so things before 2004 but i also did read that um there was a florida passport that's in effect right now, um, that just received an extension. It was going to be expiring in June, a date in June, and it, and it, it's been extended into July. So, um, I think the thing that the tip here is don't give up on something that hasn't, you know, doesn't expire yet and find out you can work with them, the ticket people, they can help you, um, make sure you get things linked so you can do your park reservations, etc. So, um, Just remember, it could still be there for you.
0: Yeah, we've received some great help from a lot of people at Guest Relations, Mm -hmm. uh, Disney cast members who are always fantastic, that have helped us uh, with different ticket issues that we've had, including uh, some things on this last, what was it, our last trip or the trip before? I think it was the last trip where we Mm -hmm. had to go to Guest Relations a couple times to the park. Um, And they were great with us, helped us out significantly, and we really appreciate it. And if they help you out, be sure and give them that cast compliment. That's Uh, true. Yeah.
1: Speaking of that, I guess that would be a good thing to mention here. One of the things that we did experience is we had a resort reservation, and when we were trying to make a a park reservation, it was pulling our profile from the fact that we had a park reservation, and it was saying something wasn't available, but annual passes, it was available, and it wasn't recognizing the annual pass over the resort reservation, so like you said, Talk to guest relations and they can help you with that situation. Yeah.
0: Easy to do if you're there at the parks already. Go to the guest relations booths mm-hmm. or like you, Michelle with those phone numbers. You can just call them up and they will be happy to help you as well.
1: Exactly. So,
0: Michelle's tip always the best <laughs> tip. Uh, my tip, I'm going to go back to something we sort of discussed last week during our Avengers Campus mm-hmm. opening day recap and that was the mobile ordering that was going on there and we talked right. to you about how opening day was crazy mm-hmm. for food mobile ordering <laughs> that because of that, the, there was a glitch within the system where they were letting people within to Avengers Campus right. out of line. If you had a mobile order ready right. to go, like the mobile orders went like crazy. They ran out of food. It was tough to get food or whatever else. Well, they're working on that now. It's been you know, over a week now since opening and they continue to work on it to make it better to make it easier for those going to Avengers Campus and we did receive some news on what they're doing now with that so if you're planning on going to Avengers Campus sometime in the very near future here's what you can look forward to if you're going there so Mm -hmm. I just want to give you some hints on what's to happen so And by the way, go back and listen to that episode. A lot of you already have. A lot of you listened, by the way, to both of our episodes this week. And thank you you. very much because that was like three hours of podcast. (laughs) I can't believe you had that much time on your hands, but thank you. Anyway, um, now going forward, uh, the shawarma stands will no longer be mobile order available. You can only do standby for them. So that will not be available to you. Also, by the way, if you're going to mobile order, you need to be within the land when you're group right. becomes available it's not going to let you in if you have a mobile order that says it's ready to go you can still make that mobile order outside unfortunately there's nothing they can do can contain that right now right but if your mobile order is ready to go when your window's up it's not going to let you into the land so you need to plan that out either you need to know you're going to be in the land when your mobile order window becomes available right. or you need to already be in the land which is the best thing to do right. now uh, before the mobile orders like i said on opening day were going they were sold out early, early Mm -hmm. on. Well, now they're releasing them every two hours throughout the day for Pim's Test Kitchen. So, you know, if you couldn't find a window at 10 a.m., you may be able to find one at noon. You may be able to find one at two, whatever, because they will be releasing them throughout the day. There's still the standby lines if you decide to do it that way. But if you're looking to mobile order them, they're kind of releasing them in in smaller groups and smaller doses now. So you'll have that opportunity throughout the day. It won't be all going very early in the morning. And then if you show up, you get in the land later, you have no way to mobile order. Yeah,
1: well, and that makes sense too, because you know since it does still allow people to mobile order who aren't gonna be able to enter the land, they need to be able to maybe control that as well and, right. and not run out of food in a certain
0: time. Right. So they're working on it. They're still trying to make it better for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's going to be crazy for, you know, at least probably a couple months, if not longer, uh, trying to get into Avengers Campus, uh, getting the food. It's just a very popular land. We loved it very mm-hmm. much. Listen to that episode where we, you know, we talked all about it, Um, but Yeah, just know that they're working on it to try and make the experience as best as they possibly possibly can. By the way, um, one interesting picture I saw this week, and this really won't be a spoiler for Loki, uh, but by the way, we love Loki, Yes, Uh, the new series, the first episode, loved it very much. Uh, But the day after, or maybe it may have been the day of that that series came out, instead of Loki being in his traditional garb, Mm the god of mischief garb, He was in the uh, garb he's wearing with some of the, you know, the, the, guards around him (laughs) in the land so they're like immediately went in there like what they didn't even hesitate didn't wait to farther in the series like we're going directly to this series on day one i think that's spectacular i I can't wait to see them do more as avenger campus moves forward with all these movies coming out black widow coming out more series coming out on disney plus it's exciting stuff oh
1: yeah it's great
0: and it's it's they just keep making us want to go more and more Yes. I love it. It's really cool. Uh, That picture was really, really cool. So anyway, uh, that's it for this week. Next week, well, we're recording tomorrow. This episode Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. And we're very excited about it. Uh, We've been having a lot of fun, as you just heard, talking a lot about Marvel over the last few weeks, including the opening of Avengers Campus, the debut of Loki on Disney Plus. Well, we thought we'd continue that fun with some of our other superhero loving friends. (laughs) Kenan and Rachel from part of our World Pack podcast will be joining us as we get together to count down our five favorite Marvel comedic moments, (laughs) the funny moments within these movies that um, make them, you know, make Marvel kind of different than a lot of other franchises that are out there. Right.
1: Now, it's a fun topic. It's been fun to research it and remember and trying to narrow down to five five yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) like we narrowed it down to five like we always do (laughs) but and keenan and rachel are such fun people um if you haven't listened to them uh they've been on our podcast before we've been on theirs and they're just really warm wonderful people and it's going to be a blast
0: it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be a lot of fun we're looking forward to recording them tomorrow and then dropping that episode next week when we're out of town for you so that's gonna be a lot of fun so we hope you come along uh with us on that exploration of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... We'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. Just another way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Another great way is to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast. Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have a brand new hyperion adventurers facebook group we're (laughs) planning on having a lot of fun with you all out there we hope you'll join in with that fun as well so do a search for that and join up with that group uh no restrictions on it just come on in as long as you're a positive person you want to talk about disney in a positive way we're there for you we're going to be your landing spot uh, we are on YouTube. Hopefully, you're checking out some of the stuff we're putting out there on YouTube. Just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe, and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And the other thing we ask is that please tell a friend about our podcast. Yep. It's the best way to share that uh, you like this podcast. Let people know that they might like it as well. And if you have a little more time, give us a rating. Mm-hmm. If you have even a little more time, give us a review. It'll help us in so many ways. But that's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.